Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Let's face it, we all know business is not the same. Here in Las Vegas, all you have to do is go into a casino or a restaurant and you can tell things are different, staffing's different, customer service approach is different. It's an important time. There's opportunities there, but there's also opportunities for failure. We don't want to do that. We got somebody on. We had her on earlier, uh, several months before, and we got a lot of great response, so we wanted to bring her back on again. Her name is Adrienne Somerville, and she'll tell you all how to get a hold of her. She runs her own consulting firm, building relationships with the right people, and this is how a company is the sum of its parts. I love that. So kind of explain that. You know, That really is a different way to look at the company itself. Thank you so much, first of all, Steve, for having me back. It's always exciting. Um, it's always a great opportunity to chat and talk about something I love and something that is so near and dear to all of us, right, as we're facing our you know, get, back, get back to America doing business the way we normally do plan, right? So right. it's certainly a pleasure to be on today. Um, yeah, you know, it's really important to understand that companies, um, despite we're so analytical, right, there's so much data and we're always looking at numbers but to recognize that the sum of those parts are behind all those fancy facts and figures and all that analysis that goes there, we are dealing with faces and feelings. And so the sum of all those parts are recognizing that the diversity that people are bringing to the teams these days, really it's what's propelling companies to be very successful. It's that humanistic leader that inspires, that's getting people to do what they need to do, that is really making things happen on our business front. You talk a lot about diversity, but it's not just what people might think automatically. You're talking about diversity from all different backgrounds. And you just look at, you've got a tremendous educational background, as one would expect and somebody does what you do. But I look at this and you've got Norfolk State University. Then you got the Florida Institute of Technology, a different place, different vibe. Georgetown, Harvard University, Kennedy School. (laughs) And I would imagine that kind of goes a little bit. Having had all those experiences, do you find that it was kind of like, wow, each place brings its own specialty. And each time you go to this different type of uh, place of learning, you're picking up not only more information, but even a different way to look at things. Absolutely. That, you know, and this is what I love about that word diversity. It does mean so much. And, and so for me in this context, it really is about what so many of us are facing today, and it is the ability to reinvent ourselves. And so I'll just tell a little bit about my journey. Um, I have always been impressed and fascinated with people with diverse backgrounds. So it's like you did one job and then you pivoted and did something else and separate and distinct from the other thing you were doing. But for each and every opportunity, you had to reinvent yourself. And how amazing is that? And so even along my journey, I wanted to be an attorney. I became like a contracting officer um, for the federal government. And then I became a talent management and then I did program management and then logistics and supply chain, you know, an author, a speaker, 
you know, it's a CEO of a of two companies actually. And so, what what I want people to think about in this environment is that you can diversify your portfolio of talent at any time you decide, and then you can reinvent yourself and and have these different skills that you can leverage going forward, despite where you are, and more importantly, where you've been. Well, even for an individual, this is so important because, you know, in, in my day when growing up as a kid, my father worked for the same company for decades, he moved up and so forth. Things don't happen that way anymore. And it's not only that companies change and there's more movement, but even technology has changed the way we do things so quickly that you got to be able to adapt. And that's why the things you're talking about, a diversity of skills and a diversity of contacts is so important to move on in the 21st century. The networking is key because we still are movers and shakers and doers by people. And so I always tell people it's so important to build your resume, to build your performance. But I, but I, I always like to caution people, don't be so fixed on performing, 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 that performance capital that we have to build and lose sight of what is also your relationship capital. Because in, in any opportunity, any technical area, as diverse as we have, you know, all these different technical disciplines, you can build and build and build your professional capital, your performance capital. But what makes you successful as well is the relationship capital, because I can move about in my career with performance capital, but I can ascend in my career, move upward in my career with the relationship capital. At some point, you have performed very well, and everybody knows you're great, but you want to do something different. You want to pivot. You want to diversify your portfolio a little bit, and you may have to rely on that relationship capital to gain access and, and opportunity to an area that you've never performed, and I always tell people this will resonate with people, and it, you know, you've got sports radio, you've got Las Vegas, and great people out there, but this is the key. When you think about it, think of an athlete. You know, I graduate and I, and I performed very well in college. I've never played in the league, but those relationships that I've built will give me access and opportunity to compete and play in an area where I've not performed. And so sometimes in order to ascend, you're going to have to rely on those relationship opportunities to gain opportunity and access to compete. So I don't want people to lose sight of those along the journey. Well, this is great. And it's exactly what people were asking for because... Some of the responses we got from your first visit was, we get the idea that she's a great speaker. She fires you up. You're ready to go through a wall after listening to her, you know, do whatever it takes and stuff. But my thought was, well, let's talk specifically about, you know, you've, you've had a lot of successes. You mentioned it before. But this whole thing with uh, NAVAIR, you know, the Navy and the Department of Defense and so forth, your first approach to this, to talent management, I think... I'd kind of like you to go through the process because people have to remember. So when you, when you go on there and, and they're asking you to do these things, you're going into a bureaucracy that's done it the same old-fashioned way so long. That in itself had to be a challenge, right, to get people to even think differently, that this can be done differently. You know, the day – and there, believe it or not, there are still a lot of organizations that count butts and seats, if you will. And I say that respectfully. It's a head count of – how many people are in an organization? And when Steve leaves, we need to replace Steve. And so when, when I came into this talent management role, um, what I loved about it is it was very grassroots. So it wasn't a top-down requirement. It was 
What are we going to do to get people fired up, get them passionate about what they're working on, aligned to those products and skills, understanding who they are, more importantly, and what they bring to the fight? So how do we do that? So what always happens in this instance is when I started working with the Navy doing talent management, it was let's, let's look at our mission. Let's look at what we deliver. Let's look at the products and services. And I would offer the same model can be scalable and has velocity in any organization. People have got to see how they align to products and services that support the mission. I deliver X. This is my end item product. This is what my contribution will go towards. Every day when I come in, I'm supporting these products, and I can see those products. I can t- I'm connected to those products. The worst thing you want in an organization is someone who doesn't realize if they do not come to work tomorrow, what's the impact? Right. That's what we don't want to have. We want that clear line. So then now I understand this is what I deliver, and I support the military, and I'm, I'm rolling out. I can see my clear line of sight. I have great clarity on that. So now what we have to afford individuals and organizations is what do you need to optimally perform? What knowledge, skills, and abilities do you need to know? Now, that's, that's one piece. The other thing is let's talk about what you do know. We have to learn to embrace those gaps. So if there is something I'm supposed to know and I don't know it, the richness of talent management is that discovery. It is very telling to know that John should know something that he doesn't, but as a leader, I'm going to get that for him. I'm going to help him get that training and get those knowledges and get those abilities because I'm going to close that gap. To the extent in which I can close that gap, John will grow. Yeah. And he will grow individually. But more importantly, we will grow organizationally. So how do we spend our training dollars? Every organization, training is so important. Training and development, leadership programs, career development. And so how do we target our training dollars so that we are continuing to ensure that they're targeted, they're closing John's gap, people are growing, they're linked to performance. The more I teach, the more people produce the better they perform. Is part of in talent management is, again, I love that because the first thing you're thinking about is your is your audience, is your product. I love that mm-hmm. because I think it's so easy to sit there and go, wow, I got all these great, great programmers, great this, great that, but are they meeting that need? So I, I got to ask you, is part of talent management then not only seeing people knowing what you have, but kind of seeing the potential like, wow, this person hasn't done this type of work, but because of those kind of soft skills that I can see, I think it'll be, they'll be great in this thing and they can kind of transfer or it takes some of the same skill set. Is, is that part of it before you get into even the training part? That is indeed. So it's so important to understand the portfolio of talent that you have, not the number of people you have, but the talent you have within those individuals. And we have, and, and this is what I really love about talent management. You're spot on. We live in a society where you have to be agile. We have work that comes up. We have opportunities. We have different market sectors that we want to get in to to grow our businesses. How do I take the existing talent I have and redeploy those assets? How do I, you know, how do I know what I have? How do I know what skilled people have that are germane, right, to the positions that they do? But you, Steve, may bring a whole portfolio that I just never tapped into and didn't even know you had. But with some agile work coming in and some opportunities to move you about, growing, keeping my, my, my workforce challenge and keeping them 
growing in their career, that's important. Um, many of the young people I've had an opportunity to talk to, they're looking for career development. They're looking for diversity of skills and backgrounds um, that allow them to be flexible and redeployable. But as a company, we, we embrace that because we want an agile workforce that's scalable. Well, are you looking also for a mindset that says like, well, okay, I'm looking for those kind of things. An example in my business, people, the traditional radio person, all of a sudden, they they hear about podcasting. You go, well, you got to do it, okay? But they don't realize that those are, two, you know, they're, they're similar, obviously, but they're not exactly mm-hmm. the same thing. You know, what you do on radio doesn't necessarily trans translate directly to podcast. Some of those skills do, but some don't. So, is it something? A strong talent management person is always looking to make sure that they're up to the second on the latest technologies and and philosophies and so forth out there and always trying to look to, if nothing else, understand it and then see what, if anything, they can take into what they're currently uh, producing. It's a constant scanning, a constant scanning of what are those disruptive technologies? Um, What are the um, expectations of today's work environment? You know, what are we doing to make work today um, more attractive, more exciting? Like, what, what's going to get people engaged? Increasing engagement is very key in today's environment. And so, yeah, you, you really have to be very deliberate and conscientious in talent management. Um, but what I would offer, because some people might be listening and saying, oh, who has the money for that, right? My company's small. My company, you know, we don't have resources for that. The beauty of talent management is there's a costly way of doing business and there's a a, a more strategic, targeted, cost-affordable way of doing business. By investing and fully understanding your talent, I would submit to anyone, I'd I'd bet my life on it. It's more affordable to embrace talent management in this application and your operationalization than to not do it. Because you'll find yourself hiring people you don't need, offering training courses that you don't need, um, you know, you'll start seeing people leave that you could retain. Um, you could, you know, move skills about and support programs differently. And so doing talent management must become the way we do business. Um, I think if we're going to be successful. Well, okay. So like here in Vegas, one of the biggest difficulties we've got now are getting back people. I mean, they're having a hard time of finding the right folks. And I listen to you and I'm thinking, boy, I want somebody that's handling that because you don't want to just hire people, oh, well, I'll hire three or four, and if it doesn't work, you don't have that many to choose from. So you got to get the right people that can, that can do that, and, and they can handle your vision of the future. And that's very key, what you said, because I've, I've talked to a lot of business leaders and company owners, and they've hired several people. It didn't work out. They hired more people. That's expensive. It's expensive to hire people. It's time. It's commitment. It's resources. I bring them in. I start training, and then they don't stay. Like that's. I mean, and I got to start all over again. So I'm I'm losing money. Um, but with talent management, I've identified those end item products. I know exactly what these skills should be. So when I look, it's it's not a hunch or I think this person's good. It's very clear that I am looking for this portfolio of skills and knowledge and abilities. And these are the end items that they're going to deliver. Uh, so that's what I seek. And if there's a little bit of a gap, maybe they're 80% there. When I put together that training plan for that individual, I'm going to close that 20%, make them full up round. Um, and, and, and it works whether I'm a new employer, uh, a new employee coming in to work with a, a, new, a new company, or whether I'm a seasoned individual. 
Uh, yeah. That still that that trans that transparency of what I deliver and what I need to know and what I have and my gap analysis enables me to to train better and to grow in my career and and retain people. Well, let's get back to the Navy thing for a second. Uh, I'm sorry, you're just so fascinating. You, you always <laughs> bring me in other places, and it's great. But so so you do all this initial work, and then you're looking at it, and I think this is really interesting. As I read kind of some of the history of what you did. Uh, discarding those conventional alternatives, you call it. And I think, especially when you think of the Navy, you know, the military, you know, something that thrives on tradition. I, I guess it must have been a, a thing, and not only for you there, but I guess you would recommend to other people where you got to get people where they're doing something that maybe they're not quite so comfortable with because ultimately it's going to lead to being able to progress into the next century and beyond. And as things change, you'll be able to deal with it. You're spot on. You know what I love about leadership, and I have to say this, because leadership to me, you know, people will define it differently. But I said to someone recently, leader, a leader is an influencer. It's a leader. When you look at social media, those that are doing very well, it's they're influencing. They're, they're allowing people. It's building coalitions of the willing, not the command and control. Like that military regime doesn't exist anymore. Thou shall, you know, people don't look for that. Even our our people coming into the military and our more senior people. It, we're looking for collaboration. We're looking for partnership. We're looking for those opportunities. And when you come into an organization, I welcome those that, you know, aren't necessarily the believers, right? It's new. It's like, it's just, it's just like a seasonal thing. I don't know how much we're going to invest in that. But when you look at the world today and we look at what's deemed the great resignation, we must challenge ourselves, shift our paradigm a little bit. And so that starts with the people at the lowest part of the organization, those managers, those middle managers, leaders. That doesn't really happen at the top. So one of the great things about what I did with the Navy, I would offer, and we called it this, we kind of coined it, it was a grassroots organization. People want to grow. People want to advance. People want to feel connected. They want to be a part of a greater good to enable them to feel like this is my second family. They will run to it. Two more things real quickly on that. One is you talk about candid discussions, and and I think that's kind of what we're talking about here is that's going to be part of this. And really, maybe it's the most important part for the talent leadership is like, okay, you got to be able to have those discussions, and you're going to talk to somebody who's been, I've been doing it the same way for 30 years, it works then. But you got to tell them, well, we, you know, we don't fight wars the way we fought wars back Absolutely. in the '40s and '50s. Things change, and we, we you have to be kind of, I, I don't know what the right term is, but you certainly got to be flexible to deal with whatever's thrown out there. Very adaptive today's environment. I mean, just think of all that we've been through the past couple of years. We had to adapt. I mean, it it forced us to adapt. And I think what talent management says is. You can intrinsically start to do this. You can start to move your organization. You can bring that person that was, you know, employed with that coffee shop but has so much potential um, into your organization and redevelop and redeploy them. And, and, and the agility and the flexibility to do that resides in that talent management arena. And you're right, convincing people. Um, I, I love the people that questioned it along the way. I welcome those individuals to the table because once you can illustrate it for most individuals, they get it and they embrace it. And this is what I love about talent management. Most of the time people feel that organizational dynamic is about leadership and management. 
Talent management shines the light on every individual at every level. It says you matter. You're a contributor. You produce. You're connected. It, it resonates. You get trust and transparency and just the openness, and it feeds conversations. Absolutely. It feeds conversations. Absolutely. Well, okay. So let's go to the finish then. Tell people what happened because the, the, the post story on this is sort of interesting. You know, you go through all this stuff, you, you, you convince people, and there, there always seems to be, I'm sure there, there was in this case, where so, suddenly everybody, the, the light goes off on most people's heads and they, they kind of get it and they kind of rally together. What ended up happening as you look at it and how did it make a change to the organization, a huge organization? Uh, what, what was the most eye-opening and humbling opportunity for me to serve in this capacity was to see a period of enlightenment. I saw people that were second-guessing their worth and value reconnect. I saw individuals that saw potential and growth, not only in themselves, but in the direction in which the organization was going. Restored commitments of trust and believing in this place really has my best interest at heart. I'm in it for the long ride. And so I think that's what talent management did, just the energy. It, it really wasn't a period of awakening where individuals said, I do matter. I have talent. Leadership is tapping into me to unleash what I didn't even believe and know I had in my own self. And so that was refreshing at all levels. That was refreshing, an insatiable appetite to grow as an individual and be a part of a winning organization. Well, you too can have a winning organization, uh, whether you have a gigantic organization that's international or, you know, you've got a small business in Las Vegas that kind of needs a, a redirect and kind of looking at talent differently. Adrian Somerville Consulting is incredible. Uh, Adrian, tell people how to get a hold of you because it's certainly worth their time to look into it. Thank you. So I can be reached on LinkedIn, of course, and social media platforms, but visit my website, um, it's www.somervilleconsultinggroup.com, so somervilleconsultinggroup.com, and feel free to reach out. I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, look forward to chatting, and hopefully you found today helpful. It's always helpful and, and a good reminder for me the value that people bring. Well, it, it is for me as well, and we're always happy to have you on, and we will have you on again. Thank you so much, Adrian. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, and thank you to all those listeners out there. really appreciate you.